This episode of Everything Sounds is sponsored by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial with no credit card required and 10% off your first purchase, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code MUSIC. That's the word MUSIC, M-U-S-I-C. Also by Sound Studio 4 for Mac. If you want to record and edit audio, you can find this affordable option at MacSoundStudio.com. Again, that's Sound Studio 4 for Mac. Ignition sequence start. Five. Everything. Everything. Sounds. Sounds. This is Everything Sounds. I'm Craig Shank. And I'm George Drake Jr. This is Everything Sounds. I chose The Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, and look, I used an old metronome to simulate the heartbeat that drove the killer insane. <laughs> it's neat, huh? Hello, this is Chris. Craig and I wanted to learn more about Edgar Allan Poe's The Telltale Heart. So we called one place that we knew we could trust. I'm Chris Sintner, the curator of the Edgar Allan Poe Museum in Richmond. The Telltale Heart was written in 1842, and it's revered as one of Poe's best works. But it wasn't always that way. His first attempt at getting it published actually flopped. They turned it down. They said they'd be glad to publish something if you could provide something a little quieter. Now, quiet when it comes to text means something that wasn't so scary and something polite society could read. So he turned to his friend James Russell Lowell, who published it in his first issue of his own magazine called The Pioneer. And a few years later, he published his second and last collection of short stories, and The Telltale Heart didn't make the cut. It was mostly his detective stories. So people in Poe's time really loved his mysteries, but they didn't really know what to think of the Telltale Heart. Yada, 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 jump forward 200 years, and the story is now one of his classic defining pieces. It's still read in middle and high schools across the country, and Chris thinks that's because the story is dramatic, compelling, and frankly, it's short. But it also leaves you wondering. There's that unreliable narrator. So it's not quite as straightforward as it appears. Is he really hearing the old man's heart beating? Is it in his imagination? There's these different aspects of it that really linger. The first time I heard The Telltale Heart was when I was in fifth grade, and Poe's stories quickly became an outlet for me. Since then, I've read them countless times, I've created my own stories in the style of his writing, and recently I actually adapted The Telltale Heart into a radio drama. Now, I did take some liberties with the story. I set it in the late 1980s, I added an extra character, and lengthened the overall timeline, but I tried to stay as true to the original story as I could. Now, over the past few months, Auburn University's Radio Flyer Theater has been hard at work producing the adaptation, and we have the pleasure of presenting the finished product to you on our show. So here you go. From the loveliest village on the plains, join us now as we revisit the magic of the golden age of radio. The Auburn University Radio Flyer Theater is on the air. My name is Martin Williams. Over the past several weeks, I have been planning the death of the old man I live with, 
or rather, his murder. There's no object or passion feeding my decision. I love the old man. He's never wronged me or insulted me in public. He's not the wealthiest of men, so money is not the cause. At first, I was unsure of my motive, but now it is clear. It is his eye. His vulture-like eye. He gazes upon me every evening at supper. I feel it following me across the room and haunting my dreams. His pale blue eye with its opaque film causing the whites to take on a burnt yellow and the pupil to have no purpose. It is his eye that pushes me to take the life of the old man and rid myself of his wretched eye forever. His life must end so mine can continue. I will lay out my plans for you now. I purchased this analog recording equipment from a man in a shop around the corner. Three microphones and three cassette recorders, along with a plethora of tapes. I have already statically positioned one of them in the old man's room, and the second in our dining area. The third you are hearing from me now. I plan to use this one to document in real time the spying on of the old man while he sleeps, and ultimately the act of taking his life. I have plans to switch the tapes during the day while the old man takes his afternoon stroll, so you needn't worry about that. By now, I'm sure you're wondering what I plan to do with these recordings. Why even bother? Surely they could potentially be used against me if I get caught. I am documenting it for my own purposes. I want to look back on my plan to remember and be in by my success. <laughs> I assure you, my plan is solid. My foresight is unparalleled. My acts and wits are cunning and spry. I assure you, I will emerge unscathed. And so it begins. Day one. My plan is ultimately in action. I will spy on the old man as he sleeps, hoping to gaze upon his awful eye, for I fear I cannot kill him outright. I need a catalyst, and gazing upon that disgusting sphere will act as such. Day 14. I feel that now I have quite the system. I wait for the old man to be asleep for over an hour and then make my way into his room. As the door creaks, I need to open it slowly, oh so slowly, and then I peer my head in. I have fashioned a torch to have a shutter as to not let in a beam of light, but rather give me control over what light enters the room. Would a madman have been this stealthy? This wise? <laughs> I think not. It's nearly hour two of spying on the 26th day. Nearly the 27th now. And thus far the old man's eye has remained closed. He sleeps as if he's already dead. Thinking about it enrages me almost to the point of killing him now. But I can't 
must follow my plan. My plan is airtight. I need to keep to my plan. I mustn't stray away. I always... Mark, that is the first I have seen the old man move while sleeping in over three weeks. The eye... His eye is still closed. Day 40 in my endeavor, and I have been trying a new tactic. I have never been kinder to the old man during our days as I have been as of late. I've made him his meals, surprised him with his favorite sweets from the market, and even joined him for a night at the cinema. City lights. A nostalgic joy for him while I, however, sat beside him, gazing upon the vulture eye for the majority of the film. I wanted to kill him then. There in the dark. Say he died while asleep, but I, I couldn't. What if he had made a noise, a shriek of sorts? There were others in the cinema. Surely someone would have heard something. Seen something. Then I would be locked up for good. I couldn't take those chances. Day 51. And still no changes in the plan. Still no difference from one night to the next. Still no open eye during the night and still no relief from its awful presence. I've accumulated boxes of cassettes which I keep under my bed. The man in the shop asked why I had been going through such a large amount to which I responded. I'm documenting the sounds of the country. Ollie is my closest friend. I have known her since we were young. It was not in my interest to let Ollie know about my plan to kill the old man. I may have told her eventually, but... <sighs> no. It was not part of my plan to bring Ollie in. I walked by the cinema a few nights ago, and I thought I saw you and the old man walking out. Was that you? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I saw the great dictator with the old man. It was one of his favorites when he was younger, and I thought it was nice for him to relive his younger years. I'm glad to see him out of the house with another person. I've never seen him outside but by himself. Is this why I haven't seen you in weeks? Because you found a replacement for me and the old man? Never, my friend. I just fear that the old man has seen better days. That his watch will suddenly stop ticking at any point. I want him to live out his life as best as he can in whatever few days he has left. Perhaps I need to focus more on myself than that of the old man. It seems like every waking moment is spent worrying about him to some extent. What are those boxes under your bed? Uh, <laughs> those? Those are nothing, just boxes of memories. Oh, memories, huh? Anything worth reading? Anything I can blackmail you with later in life? Nothing like that. Just photographs from my childhood, old ticket stubs. It's all very expected. I'm sure there's something in there that's worth laughing about. Let me take a look. I'd rather you not, although it may seem like nothing. It's quite sentimental to me. Well, I'm sure, but there's got to be a picture of you in diapers or on a Halloween in there. And I'm going to find it. Ollie, please! You're not convincing me that there's not a picture in there like that. And I'm going to find it! Aha, yes! These aren't pic tapes, cassette tapes. What? What is this, Martin? What are these? 
day 17, day 25, day 49. Is this, is this a journal? Yes, it's just that, Ollie, a journal. I keep an audio journal. My thoughts, dreams, loves, hates, orgasms, they're all in there. There seems to be no order to these whatsoever. They're just thrown about in this box. These are recordings of the old man. Sleeping, is that what that says? In a way, yes. Yes? I, I just don't understand, Martin. It almost seems like you're obsessed with the old man. Like you're documenting, as you said, his last days. Quite frankly, it's not your business to worry about. It's mine and the old man's. I don't think this is the old man's business. I don't believe that he even knows that you're doing this, does he? No, not exactly. I don't think this is right, Martin. I just think you need to stop and... What is this one? My plan. What is your plan, Martin? Again, it's not for you to worry about. Your plan, Martin, what is it? I said not to worry about it. I can just as easily go to the police with these, then who will... My plan was to murder the old man because of his eye. His vulture eye, Ollie! I am not sick. I am not insane. I am the victim here. I am the one whom you should stand beside. You think killing him is your best option? You think murder will rid you of your issues? The eye, Ollie, rid myself of the eye. His eye is not the issue. It is you, Martin. You, you have one week, one week to destroy these tapes, destroy the documentation and cease your plan. I will see you in one week's time. And if you have chosen to carry on or if you have not destroyed the tapes, I will bring them to the authorities. And don't you think that I won't? I will have no hesitation to ruin your life if you end the old man's. I will stand by you, my closest friend, for any number of reasons. But I won't stand by you for this. I will not, Martin. I cannot. You have one week. What? What is this, Martin? A microphone? Don't touch! Are you recording this too? What's wrong? I said don't touch that! Martin, what are you... Ollie's discovery could have altered my plan. It was not in my plan, but it had to happen. I'm not... I'm not proud of what I... I knew what I needed to do. I knew how I would end the man's life, and I now know what I needed to do with the tapes. I felt less confident about my plan, but overall, I felt more sure about the events to follow. My plan, I... I couldn't let the eye win. I couldn't let it continue to haunt my life. I... I knew the plan. I knew my plan. It was airtight. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. 
For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code MUSIC. Squarespace is constantly improving their platform with new features, new designs, and even better support. They have beautiful designs for you to start with, and all of the style options you need to create a unique website for you or for your business. Squarespace has over 20 customizable templates for you to choose from. It's incredibly easy to use, but if you want some help, Squarespace has an amazing support team that works 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And get this, all of that, it starts at just $8 a month. Every design automatically includes a unique mobile experience that matches the overall style of your website onto a mobile device. So your content will look great on every device, every time. If you'd like to try it out, start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code MUSIC to get 10% off and show your support for Everything Sounds. Thanks. Day 55. Today will be my final day of the plan. If I succeed, I succeed. My plan has been completed. If I do not, then we shall see. I am now getting my head in the door and trying to make room for the torch as well. The old man is asleep and I will try to see if I can land a sliver of light upon his awful eye. Something is caught on the door frame. A, a wire, a piece of my trousers, something. Arrgh. It seems. It seems I can't get it loose. Still trying to get it loose from the frame, and it seems to not be working. Ah! It's my shirt. I'm trying to get it loose from the latch without moving too much as to startle the old man. Ah! Who's there? I said, who's there? Show yourself. It must be the wind in the chimney, or a mouse on the floor, or the single chirp of a cricket. Nothing more than that. Surely nothing to worry about. I say, who's there? Take what you will, just let me be. What is this light you're holding? What? What are you doing? Ah! Who are you? Show yourself. present it to you. I must carefully, so carefully disarticulate the old man's body. I've worked this out in my notebook. <laughs> ah, yes, here it is. Where is it? Where is it? Yes, step seven. <clears throat> Disarticulating the old man. The old man's body should be disarticulated, not in the standard six sections, but rather 14 to allow rapid decomposition. Q. 
key separation points, one through six legs. The tarsals, metatarsals, and phalanges from the tibia and fibula, and the patella and femur from the ischium. Seven through twelve, arms. The carpals, metacarpals, and phalanges from the ulna, and radius and humerus from the scapula. Thirteen. The torso will remain entirely intact, with finally, fourteen. The head removed from the base of the cranium by cutting the medulla and spinal cord and separating it from the spine. <laughs> Time to get to work. Oh! Before I go any further with a disarticulation, I must pull up some planks in the kitchen to act as the old man's coffin. I don't know how I could have overlooked this step in the plan. <laughs> that and get the tarpaulin from the shed to act as my operating table. <laughs> oh, this is all so exciting, I'm not even thinking clearly. <laughs> Just now pulling up the third plank for the old man's burial plot. Foot. Didn't take the best care. And that is the old man's right foot. Didn't take the best care of them, I can tell you that. And now I shall repeat the process as I did on the legs for both arms. <laughs> Only with hands instead of feet. Is <laughs> the torso unconnected to any extremity of the old man's body aside from the head? The head that contains that wretched eye. That horrible, slimy, repulsive eye. It all, it all went very well, the killing of the old man, swift, painless, the disarticulation a bit grotesque, however, because his flesh and bone were so loose and frail, the removal of his limbs was no task whatsoever. Cleanup was minimal, the tarpaulin contained most of the blood and was easy to wash of under the tap outside. The saw, easy to dispose of. Knife, easy to clean. It was all according to plan. Aside from the missing recorder, that, that was not planned. It, it all went so well. All according to my plan. My plan. It didn't take into account how loud the old man shrieked, however. My plan is complete. I have rid myself of the old man's eye forever, and I shall rest easy for the remainder of my days without it haunting my... Can I help you? Yes, I'm Detective Buckland. These are Officers Tebbs and Spires. Hello. Good evening. And a good evening to you, too. 
We received a call from one of your neighbors that a shriek was heard, which raised suspicion of foul play. We have been dispatched to the scene to search the premises. May we come in? Uh, but of course, please do. I'm inclined to say that the shriek heard was that of my own. Oftentimes I suffer from terrible dreams, and tonight was one of those nights. Uh, but feel free to take a look around. The old man who resides here is absent in the country. Uh, but in his chamber you shall find all of the belongings he left behind, secure and undisturbed. You must understand, Mr... Williams. But please, call me Martin. Mr. Williams, you must understand that although a scene may seem undisturbed, oftentimes that is what is expected. Yes, of course, Detective. Absolutely. I'll look at what you need. I'm available to answer any questions. I'll put the kettle on if either of you fancy a tea or coffee. That won't be necessary, Mr. Williams. If we can't find anything, we won't be staying long. Do you mind if Officer Spires takes photographs of the chambers and living area? Not at all. By all means, take whatever you need. Please, Detective Buckland. Officer... Tebbs. Officer Tebbs, please take a seat. Uh, you too, Officer Spires. When all is through, please come have a seat. Rest from your fatigues. Thank you. Mr. Williams, how long have you lived with the old man? It's been a number of years. He rarely leaves the area. However, I feel because of his age, he wishes to experience all he can before he passes, if you understand. Yes, of course. Do you know where he went? Unfortunately, no. I woke up late this past weekend, and a note was left for me on the table here. By chance, do you still have the note? Again, unfortunately not. I'm afraid I tossed it with the other rubbish Monday morning. What did it say? Nothing out of the ordinary, and... So many words, I have left town for an undetermined amount of time. Enjoy a bit of peace and quiet, and be sure to take care of Frankie. Frankie? Yes, the old man took to caring of a sick neighborhood cat, uh, which meanders the neighborhood. Disgusting thing. Quite frankly, I'd rather it not enter our house, so I haven't been caring for it in the least. Right. Mr. Williams, what are your feelings on the old man? I'm, he's a gentle fellow. He's never harmed me emotionally or physically. He's never insulted me in public or made a mockery of me behind my back. He's quite nice to the others in the neighborhood as well. And how does he feel about you? I'm sure much of the same. I frequently make him his meals and join him for a night at the cinema. And when was the last time you saw him? Mr. Williams? Uh, yes, I'm sorry. When was the last time you saw the old man? It would have been Saturday last. There's no need to yell, Mr. Williams. Now, where was the last place you saw him? Was it here? Yes, it was here. Here in this wretched old house. He was getting ready to turn in for the evening. He often goes to bed quite early, eight or nine in the evening, I'd say. He was always early to bed and early to rise. <laughs> Each morning, he would always take a walk around the neighborhood, making his way down to the shore. He would do the same in the evenings as well. Are you all right, Mr. Williams? Uh, why, yes, officer. Just appears that my dream is getting the best of me at the moment. If you don't mind me asking, Mr. Williams, what was your dream about that you shrieked loud enough for the neighbors to hear? I have never had the same dream twice. You see, this evening was a new brand of frightening. I dreamt that I was drugged, intoxicated or drugged, and that a wall was being built in front of me. I had no way of stopping it, no way of escaping. I couldn't move. It was getting difficult to breathe. The wall was rising and rising, yet I couldn't see what or whom was behind the madness. 
And then it went dark. It all went dark as if the last brick was put into place. I began screaming for my life. Please, get me out of here. Why me? Why now? And no response. Please, I beg of you. This is not my fault. Whatever it is that I did, I take it back. Except my apology, I take it back. No one deserves this type of pain, this type of torture. No one deserves to die at the hands of another. Mr. Williams, I don't think you understand. No, I don't think you understand, detective. I followed my plan. I followed my plan. Plan? What plan is this? The plan I conceived. The plan I followed. My plan, detective. It was my plan! I still don't understand, Mr. Williams. The old man, his vulture eye. It was his eye. What about the old man and what eye? The old man. I disarticulated the old man. His eye, his evil vulture-like eye pushed me to do it! What are you saying, Mr. Williams? That you killed the old man who resides here? That the whole farce you told this evening was just that? Mr. Williams, answer the question! Villains! Mr. Williams, that's enough! He's getting hostile. Mr. Williams! Mr. Williams, answer the question! Yes! Yes, I did it! I killed the old man! I killed the old man! <laughs> Dissemble no more. I admit the deed. Tear up the planks! Here! Here is the beating of his hideous heart. Get down on the ground! Now, Mr. Hands behind your back! I said! Yes, the old man's shriek is the one thing that was not in the plan. I had never heard him make a sound louder than a cough or a sneeze. My plan didn't cover his side of the murder. Right. According to the evidence seized from your home, we have established the following timeline. Stop me at any point if it is incorrect. Over a month and a half, you've been watching the old man in his sleep, waiting for the perfect time to murder him. On day 54 of your plan, as you call it, your friend, a miss... A Miss Ollie Sampson found out about your plan, of which we have a recording, and attempted to keep you from following through, threatening to go to the police. After her threat, you proceeded to take alternative measures, ultimately killing Miss Sampson by suffocation. I did what I needed to do to follow my... Your plan, yes, I know. Now on day 55, after you killed Miss Sampson, you proceeded to spy on the old man even though it may be argued that if he had not awoken, you may not have gone through with the murder, is still considered first-degree murder based on the considerable amount of planning established in the cassette tapes. Is this correct so far, and does that last point make sense, Mr. Williams? Yes. So, on the evening last week, when I approached you about the shriek heard by a neighbor, that was the evening we found the body of the old man, and based upon liver temperature, when the coroner arrived on scene... He had only been dead for two to three hours. Is this correct? Correct. Yes. And, if you could for the record, Mr. Williams, answer the following question. Did you kill and disarticulate the old man? Yes. It was me. Mr. Williams, I have a few questions remaining. 
Not as in-depth as the other questions, but still... I suppose I have nothing left to lose, do I, detective? Right. If I may, what made you cave? Excuse me. When I, Officer Tebbs, and Officer Spires were at your home, we were on the fringe of leaving for the evening until Officer Spires asked about your dream. Everything appeared to be in order, and you seemed... Well, you seemed innocent. What made you confess to the murder? You, Detective Buckland, said that although a scene seems undisturbed, oftentimes that is what you expect. Am I wrong? Well, no, Mr. Williams, but that line is one of the oldest tricks in the detective's handbook. I understand. (laughs) You three and your hypocritical smiles. It was your hypocrisy that caused me to confess, staring at me, knowing that I was going mad, acting as if you didn't hear anything. Honestly, Mr. Williams, I'm not entirely sure what you heard. You didn't hear it? I don't understand. Didn't hear what? Did Officer Tebbs or Spires hear anything? Mr. Williams, you were shouting in your loudest volume towards the end of our conversation. How are we supposed to hear anything? I was trying to drown it out. To rid of the sound, it infuriated me. It's all right, Mr. Williams. It's all right. Now tell me, what was it that you heard? It was a low, dull, quick sound. Much such a sound as a watch makes when enveloped in cotton. I'm sorry, what sound do you speak of? It was a low, dull, quick sound. Much such a sound as a watch makes when enveloped in cotton. Mr. Williams, I'm afraid I still don't. It was his heartbeat, detective, from the old man's hideous heart. It strengthened in volume, and I tried to drown it out. I I tried. I tried to drown it out. (laughs) I think I may know what you speak of. Hypocrisy once again! No, wait. Mr. Williams, you mentioned you misplaced one of your quarters. Is that correct? Yes. Why? When our team removed the old man's body up from the planks in the kitchen, it turns out that you did indeed misplace a recorder. Somehow, it must have fallen in with his body. We found it under his torso. Yes, that's right. I'm afraid I don't follow. It was still on, Mr. Williams. It was still recording. We had a cassette tape that we couldn't identify, and this... This is what it captured. (laughs) I told you.
The Heartbeat was directed by Anna Claire Walker. It was produced by Taylor Dileski, Kelly Walker, and additional production support, sound design, and audio engineering from Scott Waters for Auburn University's Radio Flyer Theater. It was adapted from Edgar Allan Poe's The Telltale Heart by that guy right there, our very own George Drake Jr. (laughs) Thanks, Greg. You're welcome. You can learn more about the Radio Flyer Theater, the Edgar Allan Poe Museum, and find out where to listen to the full production of The Heartbeat from our website, everythingsounds.org. That's right, this was actually a shortened version of what the Radio Flyer Theater did. If you'd like to find more stories, photos, videos, articles, and just general information about sound in everyday life, be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. We share new and interesting stuff all week long so you can keep discovering and learning while you wait for our new episodes. Find all the links at everythingsounds.org or just search for us on your social media platform of choice. And interact with us on there. We love hearing from our listeners. Right. Don't be afraid to pitch us show ideas or just pass along something you think is cool. We've gotten plenty of great ideas from listeners and some of those have developed into stories or at the very least, fun Facebook posts. Don't be shy. Today's episode was sponsored by Sound Studio 4 by Felt Tip Inc. Sound Studio 4 for Mac lets you record audio, create podcasts, digitize tapes and records, and create sound effects for your own projects. Information on all of these features is at macsoundstudio.com, or you can find it in the Mac App Store. Again, that's Sound Studio 4 for Mac. Everything Sounds is also a part of the Mule Radio Syndicate. You can hear us along with The Big Web Show, This Is Actually Happening, and Here Be Monsters, as well as plenty of other great podcasts. See the full lineup at muleradio.net. Until next time, thanks for listening to Everything Sounds. I'm Craig Shank. And I'm George Drake Jr. 